This is the EWN Radio Network. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Now, here are your hosts for Turn Knowledge to Profit, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors, Janelle and Michael McCauley. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm Janelle McCauley, and along with my co-host, Michael, who is also my husband and business partner, we bring you the insights, ideas, and tools that you need to earn more, make a bigger impact, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Michael, what do we have planned for today's show? Well, first up, in today's Trends and Insights segment, We'll be talking with Christy Kiever about a trend that she sees and how she's leveraged it in her own brand strategy business, Freshly Stated. Next, our success interview is with Tracy Warren, who'll be talking with us about how she built her social media marketing company, The Social Playground, and how you might be able to apply the things that she's learned in your own business. And finally, in our Business Builder segment, we'll be talking about why it's essential for you to identify your ideal client. You're going to want to take notes, so grab a pen and paper and let's get started. First up, it's Trends and Insights, your view into the changes that will impact your business success. Today, we're talking with Christy Kiever, brand strategist and creative director of Freshly Stated. Welcome to the show, Christy. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited for our conversation and learning from you today. And I love to just ask, what is a current trend that you see that's impacting coaches, speakers, and authors like yourself? Oh, there's so many to choose from, but there's two that really stand out in my mind. Um, that would be connecting on an authentic level and storytelling through through your brand. So there's a big, um, a big wave or a big motion going out there right now in regards to how to connect on a deeper level with your audience. Because mm-hmm. we know that people choose to do business with you based off of the know, like, and trust factor. Mm-hmm. But how do you get people to know, like, and trust you very quickly um, so that they can, you know, take that next step in, in the business process with you? And so being yourself, putting yourself out there, being authentic, being real, that's what people are really looking for. And so the more authenticity that you can uh, communicate and articulate in your messaging, in your conversations, in your social posts, the more you're likely to connect with your target audience. And so in, the best way to do that, and then, you know, the old saying goes in the sales tactics is that, you know, you tell a story to be able to connect and really sell something. Well, the same theory still holds true, but the story that you're telling is the story of you. So experiences that you've had, uh, wins that you're able to get for your clients, um, and just that automatically creates powerful connections by just being able to relate through a common thread within a story. Mm -hmm. So how do you know, um, or kind of what's, What's your rule of thumb when you're listening to a story? Because I've listened to a number of stories where someone's a great storyteller, 
but you're listening to them wondering, are they telling just the story to entertain or are they telling it because they can relate to it, that um, it's really something that they've been through? Yeah, you can always tell when somebody's being authentic and genuine. Um, there's, you can always feel, for me anyway, I can mm-hmm. always feel the passion that comes through when you're telling a story and how you articulate your words or mm-hmm. accentuate a phrase or expression and then also, too, being able to see, so whether it's video or in person or sometimes even over an audio as well, you can really hear the passion and the power in the words that are be- being delivered in a particular story that they're telling. And so for me, I'm always listening to my gut to say, do I really feel like this person's being authentic? So mm-hmm. think of it this way. If you were to watch American Idol or The Voice or something like that, and you always hear the judges give feedback to say, you really... you. I really felt the words that you were singing. It, mm-hmm. it really, I, I, could, I could hear that there was passion and conviction behind the performance that you were giving because you're connecting with the story that you're telling. And so the same holds true in any type of story that you tell, whether, again, it's a personal experience, it's a share from a client. Um, you're always able to connect, again, on, a, on an emotional level, the better you're able to share your feelings within that story. Mm -hmm. So when I'm hearing someone talk, if I'm understanding what you're saying, when I'm hearing him talk and I'm I'm not feeling it, I really feel more like they're trying to entertain me versus connect with me. That's because I'm not feeling it kind of at the emotional level. It's just really a true story, but it's not one that's, um, it doesn't draw me in emotionally. Correct. Correct. And also could be too that, it maybe it's maybe they are connecting through that story, but maybe it's not the story that you need to hear, depending on mm. where you are in your life and your business. Interesting. Well, mm-hmm. I know that TED Talks are all based on storytelling, and I know a number of them I've listened to really do draw you in emotionally. Are do you know if talks like that? If that's really the purpose of them. Um, I don't know if that's the overall purpose. I think it's a component of the purpose, mm-hmm. but it's an excellent platform to be able to share stories and make big connections like that. So, yes. Mm-hmm. So, how has storytelling changed the way you do business? Oh, gosh, it's made a huge business or impact in my business personally because I realized a couple of years into my business that the more stories I told and the more I was willing to share behind the scenes and even just being authentic, um, the more I was connecting with my audience mm-hmm. because then it became a matter of I'm not just providing a service or doing a project for them. I'm actually right there in the trenches with them because I've either experienced it before or was currently going through that same process with them. So we were more of partners rather than client and service provider. Mm -hmm. When I hear a lot of people say that they're afraid to open up to their clients or the people that they want to reach because they want to kind of keep that professionalism and they're afraid if they tell a story or tell where they've been or where they've come from, that people might think less of them. But from the way you're describing it, that's really going to help build more of a connection with the right person. Exactly. I, too, was fearful of that very same thing. 
And it wasn't until I started to open up the, you know, open the curtains to let a little bit more in. Now, again, there's a certain level of professionalism where you don't air out your dirty laundry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But at the same time, you share enough so that you, you want them to know that you're a real person and that you do understand where they're coming from. And when you are able to connect at that level, then magic really does happen. Um, you're able to give more and share more and be more vulnerable and really dig to those deep levels because especially in the type of work that I do, it's very personal. And so in order to create the end result, which is this beautiful brand that looks and feels and acts just like you, Mm -hmm. you have to go through the process of discovering who you are and who you really want to be and at what level you want to share who you are with the world. Mm-hmm. And so the only way to really be able to dig to that deep level is to be vulnerable and say, sometimes I don't have all of the answers. I don't know everything. I am a lifelong student and that's okay because I learn and grow and evolve along my way. It's part of the process. Interesting. And I know you're a brand expert and um, on your website, I think, like all websites, they really tell a story. Yours really, yours has the, you know, soft script writing and the hard text. So how do you use things like that to tell your story? I think it has a lot to do with your personality mm-hmm. because with the combination of the soft and the hard, the hard means To me, it means business. It means I am professional. I do my job very well. I take it very seriously, and I am on your side, and together we will make magic happen. The soft side of things is that I am a woman. I am a mother. I am a wife. I used to be a single mother, and I know what it's like to work really, really hard and want something so bad, but not know how to to exactly put it all together, so feeling stuck feeling a little lost, feeling a little insecure, feeling like, can I or should I as my primary questions? The answer to that is yes, you can. And so by combining the hard and the soft, the approachable and the professional, the the combination of the two is where I'm able to really connect on that emotional, authentic level with my audience because I too have walked in their shoes. I might just be a little further along in the process. Mm-hmm. That's actually fascinating as you, you know, you, as I listen to you describe that because I think oftentimes, I know I used to, when I'd look at a website, you just look at it and does it appeal to you? But as I get, you know, more into to what I'm doing, I really look at them and those things tend to jump out. You see more of those differences. Mm-hmm. You absolutely do. And usually it comes down to, are you attracted to something? Do you really feel like this person gets me and understands me and can I connect with this person? Because bottom line, even if we get a referral, if we go out there and say, I am looking for a graphic designer, can anybody refer a couple of people to me and say you get two or three referrals? Mm-hmm. First thing you do is go to the website and look to see, do I like what I see? Do I feel like this person understands me? Do I feel comfortable and confident in that investing in this person, they're going to be able to deliver what it is that I need and what I'm looking for, Mm -hmm. whether I know exactly what that need and that looking for is. And so it it has a lot to do with that first impression. And so you want to make sure that that first impression that you're putting out there is not only the very best, but is authentic to you. Mm -hmm. So you're really making that emotional connection. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Interesting. But the interesting thing about that, Janelle, is that the emotional connection is on a subconscious level. Because we're not necessarily first, you know, question top of mind that we're thinking of when we go to look at a website is, do I connect on an emotional level with this person? We're thinking, again, do I have, is, are my needs going to be solved? What's in it for me? Can they deliver? Does it feel right? Et cetera, et cetera. And subconsciously, through the process of looking through that person's website, you're then making that emotional connection. And that's where that confidence builds to say, yes this is a great potential and I would love to have a conversation, make that buying decision and then continue through the sales process. Fascinating. Well, this is, you've given us so much to think about. So how can our listeners get in touch with you and learn more about you and your business? Great question. Um, You can learn more about myself and my business through my website. It is christykiever.com. And um, you can also connect with me on Facebook or Instagram, and I share behind-the-scenes business tips, branding tips um, to continue to educate, inform, and entertain my audience at the same time. Well, thank you so much for your time, Christy, and we will put a link to your website with today's interview on our Turn Knowledge to Profit website. But thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. When we return, it's our success interview, and you don't want to miss it. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. One of my mottos for business owners is, you can't do it alone. Whether you're in the startup stage of your business or you're scaling, you can't grow without relationships to provide support, wisdom, and new customers eWomen Network is your home to connect with other women entrepreneurs who have been where you are or are experiencing the same challenges. We have chapters across the U.S. and Canada that have monthly events featuring our trademarked process called Accelerated Networking to ensure you get the contacts, resources, and leads you need to grow your business. And once you become a member, you get many benefits, including two one-on-one coaching sessions, unlimited access to our membership database, your own personal profile page, and discounts on products and services with our business partners, such as UPS and American Express Open. Join the eWomen Network community and let us help you live your dream. For details, visit eWomenNetwork.com. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. 
Welcome back. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, and I'm your host, Janelle McCauley. Today's success interview is with Tracy Warren, the owner of the Social Playground and an eWomen Network Managing Director for Sonomish County, Washington. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you. I'm looking forward to today's conversation because so many of our listeners have a lot of questions about social media and how to use it and all the different ways you can use it. So can you tell us a little bit about your business? How long have you been in business? How did you start it? And how has it evolved over time? Okay, so I've been in business for six years, and I'm one of those people, I am accidental entrepreneur um, turned intentional business owner. Because when I started this business six years ago, I, I wasn't doing anything. I just needed to make some money, and I started helping a friend with her business page on social media. And I thought, gosh, I'm kind of good at this. And then I had an opportunity to teach about how to use Facebook and from then I was hooked. Um, over the course of the last six years, the, my business has evolved so much. I jokingly say that I, I really thought that one day I would wake up and I would have arrived in my business. And that just doesn't happen. It's always evolving and always changing. Um, so when I first started, I was charging people hourly to do their social media for them. And over time, I started doing group coaching. And I do VIP days for those people who really want to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, for those people who know better and know that that's not their genius, then I do that for them. Frankly, social media has evolved so much in the last six years. Mm-hmm. And um, so kind of staying abreast of all the changes has definitely forced me to evolve as well. So how have you managed that evolution, or did it just happen kind of organically over time? It really did. It, a lot of it, it was organic. I mean, the more I think about that, it was organic because sometimes it's, Somebody comes to you and says, hey, do you do this? And I'm like, huh, I don't do that right now, but that sounds like that would be fun. So, yeah, let's try it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you try, and did it work? Was it successful? Great. Then we're going to add that. Um, Was it not successful? Like I've learned over the years, like I don't really like – helping people with their LinkedIn profiles. I can post on LinkedIn, but I'm not going to help you edit your about me section, right? Mm -hmm. Now that I know that, I don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a lot of um, lather, rinse, repeat, you know, test, see what works, Mm -hmm. or how people respond to it. Mm -hmm. But I think organic has, it's been organic. Well, I think it's really important. You raised a couple of things while you were, were answering that. I think it's really important for us to know what our genius is, what we're passionate about, what we love mm-hmm. doing, and really focus on that. There's enough people out there that we can partner with, that we can collaborate with, who do those things that we're just not in love with and don't excite us. 
and mm-hmm. really let us be the expert and focus on those things that we love doing because it makes it a lot more fun, enjoyable. People can see that passion in us. And so I think it's really important to know you don't have to do it all. And I think that's one of those kind of rabbit holes that people tend to go down Mm -hmm. is thinking they've got to do everything and be everything to all people. And the most successful entrepreneurs really create that niche market that they are really good at. And then they find people to partner and collaborate with that do those things that they're really good at. So it puts together a great team that can really do amazing things. Absolutely. You know, how did you know that it was time to expand your product mix? So you said you were doing the one-on-one coaching, and I presume part of it had to do with the fact that there's only so many hours in the day. But how did you decide what to add next and how to put that together? You know, honestly, it was from hiring other experts to help me, um, not just not just to I learned from working with them, and what I mean is I worked with, um, well, I'm still working with a sales coach, and she does VIP days, and I'm like, oh, you know, I like the way you do VIP days. I think I want to do that, Mm -hmm. and so that was part of it, and um, part of it was seeing what else is out there and not... and. For me, I have to be clear. I'm not seeing what else is out there from a competition standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just not healthy for my brain to do that. Mm -hmm. But to look at what somebody else is doing and going, oh, that's a really good idea. I bet I have people who could use that. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are are two of the primary places that I've um, come up with ideas. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's really important to constantly see what others are doing, see how they're adding value, but it is important not to add it just because someone else is doing it, Mm -hmm. but to add it because it makes sense as a value add for your clients and it's something that you would be passionate about doing. I know as we've been, as we've grown, turn knowledge to profit, we help speakers, authors, and coaches create that, those tools and those resources and trainings that they can use to expand their business. But we've also looked at what are we really good at and what do we love doing, we're passionate about, and we don't have to do all things to all people. There's enough people mm-hmm. that can do what we don't do that we can complement and partner with to do it. So... That's something that I really want people to understand. Find what you're passionate about, what you love doing, and do more of that. And mm-hmm. the business will grow and the money will flow. Absolutely. So do you offer any other types of products currently? You talked about group coaching and VIP days, or do you have anything else in the works to expand what you're offering? You know, I'm definitely looking at some other ideas. Um, I actually worked with Michael and he helped me kind of plot out some other possibilities. I I know for me personally, I have the tendency to squirrel. And 
So I'm trying to be super strategic about anything else I add. Um, and so right now, I'm good with my three things. Oh, I know. I, I am going to add a, like a social media review where I can look at people's profiles and give them actionable steps that they can take to get more reach. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I'm going to do sooner than later, probably really launch it in September. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't take the summer off, but there's definitely – you get the summer mentality, mm-hmm. and it's probably not the best time to launch something new. Yeah, although, if, you know, I would in, in some ways challenge you a little bit. It's a great time to do a soft launch um, with some select people in your community because you can really work out any of the challenges and make sure it's really tight by the time you do your final, you know, real launch in the fall. So just something to consider. Oh, um, I like that idea. Yeah, I always like um, doing those things and testing it first because we know that every time you do it, it's going to get better and more complete. So save the real big launch for when you've worked out a few of those kinks. Just something to, to consider. No, I love it. I wrote that down. Thank you. So what is your most popular product and why do you think it's popular? I don't know that I have a most popular, but my favorite is when I just take over. Um, I become the community manager for the business owner. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it is popular because with the business owners that I work with because they don't have to give a second thought to social media. Mm-hmm. They know that every day I am there on their behalf and in their voice, which is so important. Um, so that's definitely – I know people want to work with me one-on-one, hourly, mm-hmm. and that's just – that's not sustainable. It's, so I, I probably need kind of the next – I need a popular item where there's a whole bunch of people – involved because that mm-hmm. is not my community management. Um, I, I only, I limit it to a smaller number of people, mm-hmm. but I know that it's popular because people don't have to think about it. So one of the questions I have when you're talking about that type of a, a service is how can you have someone do your social media and have your voice still come out loud and clear? That's something that's always kind of one of those questions I've always thought about, so I'd love to hear um, your thoughts on that. But you know what? Before you do that, so I'm going to ask you to hold your thoughts for just a moment. We need to take a real quick break, but then I'd love to have you answer that question when we get back. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. 
the potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. This is the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Today we're talking with... Tracy Warren with the Social Playground, and before the break, I asked Tracy a question that I'm going to have her answer. So you talked about one of the things that you love doing is being a community manager for others so you can be their voice and take care of social media so they don't have to think about it. So how does that work? Because I always wonder about how can someone else have my voice and represent me in a community when they're not me. Right. Well, I think that I jokingly say that this is my superpower because this is something I really excel at. And part of that is when in the onboarding process, I have some documentation I have them fill out for me. I go to their own social media and look at how they speak. I read their blog posts, so I use their words. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, and that's, that makes me so happy. So, for example, um, I was managing this community, and I was doing their stuff for about a month. And I was at this event, and the woman was saying, Oh, my gosh, Tracy's been doing my stuff for about a month. And one of the women there was in disbelief. She was like, oh, my gosh, I thought for sure that that was Julie the whole time. Hmm. And that is, it's just, it, I take care to pay attention to those things. And if I get it wrong, you know, so there's, um, there's somebody very specific who she rarely uses the word if. Like, if you're interested in this, she doesn't use the word if. So mm-hmm. she would say, for those of you who are interested, I'm like, oh, okay. So she edited it, and then she told me what she did. I'm like, okay. So now when that same thing comes up, I say, for those of you, instead of if. Mm-hmm. Um, so just something very specific. But that's um, – and if there's ever a question, I'm going to ask it, right? I'm never mm-hmm. going to um, – respond on the behalf of the business owner without 
getting, you know, some sort of clarification. But generally, there isn't, nothing earth-shattering is happening on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if something negative comes up, like one of my clients, we, we had a negative review. And mm-hmm. so I snag that negative review. I take a screenshot. I email them and say, hey, this is what showed up. I'm not sure how you want to handle it. But they know immediately because mm-hmm. I'm paying attention. And then we can handle it um, rather than letting it sit there and fester if it's something bad. It's, but it rarely is. I think that's definitely a concern of business owners is, oh, I don't want to put myself out there because people will say negative stuff. And uh, most of the people that I work with, we're, we're small potatoes, right? We're not the big department stores and things. And there's just not a lot of people out there trolling and being mean to mm-hmm. small business owners. Well, I think when they do say something, it, it, you've hit a, a nerve on something or something hasn't gone right. I mean, and we, we know that you tend to hear more negative than you do positive. But I think it's, Absolutely. you raised a couple things because I think it's important with social media to be aware of what's going on, what's being said, and do it in a timely manner because the generation today is used to immediate response so a week or two later, it just isn't going to work. Mm-mm. So how do you think that social media is, is changing? What do you think is one of the um, things that people really need to pay attention to, maybe that they're not? Uh, I think, well, I think number one is that social media is not a marketing tool. Um, it was never designed to be a marketing tool. It was always meant to be a social platform. And mm-hmm. so business owners who say social media doesn't work, mm-hmm. either they're over-marketing, which is usually the case. You know, If every post is about the business or the organization, then that makes your posts invisible because Facebook doesn't like it either. Mm-hmm. And just the... People want to do business with people that it's not necessarily or it's not just about what you do, but it's about who you are. And mm-hmm. I think that that is something that can make a huge difference in the way someone shows up or the way they're being seen mm-hmm. is that it's, I mean, I even think about eWomen Network and each of our chapters, even though we have a brand identity, we each have our own identity because we're in different parts of the country, right? Mm-hmm. And we can, we can make that crystal clear by the messages that we put out on social media. Mm-hmm. Well, and I find that people love quotes and different things. And what I try to do when I see one that I like and I share it is to really share why it spoke to me or what it meant to mm-hmm. me because I think that helps people get to know a little bit more about who I am and what I believe in. Absolutely. That is perfect. And I think even if you're sharing a, like a blog post that top 10 things to say something specific, like, oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, I was really surprised by number five, mm-hmm. that you are adding that personal you're not just dialing it in. I think the people who just, oh, here, here's a, here's a quote. It's 
like, okay, I love what you just said, that add that personal touch to it. Mm-hmm. I try to do those things because it helps me engage but do it in a way that for me is very manageable um, because to have to go create it and think about it, I spend so much yeah. time trying to get the perfect one. So what I've learned is just share something that really speaks to me that I see and share why it speaks to me. Yeah, and I love the way that you take that personal approach with your clients, with reflecting in their voice, with doing all those things. Is there some way that you use other posts or the things that you see out there to really get, let people know more about who you are? I do, and, and I think the primary thing that I do with this is to shine the spotlight on other people who I love. Mm-hmm. So other people who I have worked with, I love to share what they're doing because if it's about my network, it's not just the network of people that follow me, but also the network of cool people I have around me. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's just another way that I can add value is it's not just about me. It's mm-hmm. about these other amazing business owners that I know. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think you- that that shows who I am because I'm a connector and mm-hmm. I'm a community creator and so I'm, I'm modeling that. Like, here's, here's what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love doing the same thing. One of the challenges I've had, and I don't know if you know the answer to the, why this happens, but one of the challenges I have is I go to share it, I write my post, I do all of that, and then it says it can't be shared. And I think it has to do with the way they've got their security settings. Yeah. But it just it's frustrating to me because their messages are so incredible that I want to get that reach out there. So what would you suggest in a case like that? In a case like that, I would go to them, like send them a private message and say, oh my gosh, I love what you just shared, but I'm not able to share it with my community. Mm-hmm. Because they can change the post to public, mm-hmm. and then you would be able to share it. And I've, I've actually had that happen with people where I'm like, okay, this is a really good message and I want to share it. Because I really do want to share it and not mm-hmm. just grab it. Like that's what a lot of people will do. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a great post. I'm just going to copy it and then I'm going to post it as if it's my own. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, that's Facebook bad behavior. And I, don't, I would never do that. I want to mm-hmm. share it. So, that, so yeah. that's how, what I would do. I would nudge them and say, hey, I really want to share this, but it's not pu- public. Oh, that's a great, um, a great tip. So what tips would you have for entrepreneurs like yourself for nurturing prospects and building their business? Because you say it's not a marketing tool, and I think a lot of people do use it as a marketing tool. So is there just a couple quick tips that you might suggest for people? Well, I um, focus on, I mean, it is a marketing tool, but I focus on the relationship aspect of it, so it's more of a relationship marketing tool. Mm-hmm. Um, I focus, so most of us have networks that are too big to listen to everyone. Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite tools to use on Facebook is the See First feature, where I can go to, for example, if I went to your profile, and where it says that you and I are friends, if mm-hmm. I click on friends, 
there's a drop down will come down and I can say see first. So I have my champions and advocates all on see first. And what that means is every time I log into Facebook, I see their posts at the top. And the reason I do that is I want to know what my power partners, my champions and advocates are up to so that, so that I can share their stuff, so that I can congratulate them, that kind of thing. So that's a big one. But the other thing is to take it off of Facebook. Mm-hmm. That, you know, pick up the phone or send a quick text or send a card in the mail. I actually have a Nurture Your Network bingo game that I bring to my speaking events mm-hmm. that's all about this. I have a blog post called 30 wa- 35 Ways to Connect Socially, which is ways to connect on social media and ways to connect off of social media. Mm. That it's, it's easy to just sit on Facebook and click like and comment and mm-hmm. feel like we're really connecting. And I think that people are craving human connection. Like the more connected we are, the less connection we feel. Mm-hmm. And so taking it offline, I think, is my number one, you know, Facebook isn't everything. Right. No, I, I, I agree. So um, before you share how people can get a hold of you, I want to let you know that if you do uh, Facebook Live on C first feature, let me know because I'll share that. I had no idea that existed, so I'm going to go check it out. So thank you for for sharing that. So how can our listeners learn more about you and your business? They can find me on my website, which is thesocialplayground.com. And um, I do have a private Facebook community that I would invite them to as well where we just play. It's about experimenting and but having a safe place to do that, and um, no sales, social media only zone, and it's a nice little community we're creating there. Perfect. Thank you. And we will add a link to the social playground on our Turn Knowledge to Profit webpage with a link to today's interview. So as we wrap up our conversation, can you give our listeners just one piece of advice to help them scale their business? Know what you need to hire out. Um, I think that that was where I took, a, that was where I took the biggest leap mm-hmm. is knowing where I am weak and having someone who's strong in that area and I know that most, a lot of business owners are like, but I can't afford it. But if you take that hour where you're paying someone $25, 30 $35 an hour, and you can convert that into money-making time for you, you can't afford not to do it. I would absolutely agree with you. Um, thank you so much for your time today, Tracy. No, this was so fun. Thank you. We need to take another quick break, and when we come back, it's our business builder. Stay tuned. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Do you struggle with your weight or your health? Do you wish you had more energy to do the things you really want to do? Are you tired of counting calories and fad dieting? 
Do you want to eat your favorite foods and not feel guilty? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then the Eat Great Live Well Personalized Wellness Program is the answer for you. Being healthy isn't about fad dieting, feeling guilty, or eating nothing but tofu and wheatgrass. It's about making small, healthy choices that add up over time to create life-changing transformation for you and your family. The Eat Great Live Well Personalized Wellness Program will show you how easy it is to be healthy, happy, and well-fed all at the same time. Visit eatgreatlivewell.com for more information or to enroll in this life-changing program. You deserve to both eat great and live well. Check it out today at eatgreatlivewell.com. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm here with Janelle, and our Business Builder segment today is all about identifying your ideal client. You know, uh, one of the biggest risks for entrepreneurs is a lack of focus. Um, and, and really getting that focus starts with understanding who your ideal client is and how you can best serve them. I think it's a really important conversation because I hear so many people say when they're asked who do they want to meet or who's their ideal client, they say everyone. And you and I know that the more focused people get, the better they can identify and serve their ideal client. They really attract them. Yeah, that, that really is true. I don't know how many people that I've met recently that you say, who's your ideal client? And they kind of jokingly say, well, you know, anybody who's breathing, you know, and and although that may be sort of true in a general sense, um, it, it really doesn't serve you very well uh, as an entrepreneur to take that kind of a broad brush approach. It, it's really important for you not to just figure out who your client is, but the key here is to find out who your ideal client is. And that really... Um, it focuses everything you do. It, it focuses you on, on where you're going to network, what social media platforms you're going to use, uh, what events you're going to attend, and, and more importantly, really, about the products and services that you're going to produce and in what format you're going to produce them. Um, if you really know who your ideal client is, then you know what they like and you know exactly how to give them what they need so that they become attached to you, they become uh, your client for life in essence. Well, and when you identify your ideal client, you and I've had this conversation a number of times, it really helps you use the language that attracts or repels them. So you wanna bring them into you if they're your ideal client. If they're not, you want them to move on and find the ideal person to work with. So it really helps you get tight on your languaging. Yeah, that, that's really important. And I want to go back to something that you just said about repelling um, someone. And that is not something that most marketing people or most entrepreneurs really associate with um, with networking or with talking with potential clients is that you don't really want to repel them. Well. If you, we were working with a coach, uh, and when she first said that to us, we sort of questioned it, maybe as you're questioning it now. But when she explained what she meant, it really made a lot of sense. And, and what she said basically was, um, you want to work with your ideal clients. And your message, 
your 60 second uh, talk or your elevator pitch or whatever you want to call it really should be structured so that it attracts those folks that you really want to work with and repels those people that you either don't want to work with or who aren't your ideal client. Uh, that, that really is a service to them because it gives them an opportunity, as you said, to go find someone else that they, they'd rather work with and they'd be more successful with. At the same time, it makes it nice for you because you get the people that really, uh, really, really like working with coming towards you and really being drawn to you. So it's, it's really important. Um, so, so really the question becomes what, what is your ideal client and what makes a client ideal? Well, you know, I think we've touched on a couple of things. One is that you, it's the people you really like to work with. Um, it doesn't mean that you won't work with other people, but when you create your marketing message, you create your products, you create your services, you go to networking events, you want to attract the people that you really like to work with. Um, again, it doesn't mean that you're going to turn down business from other folks. I mean, certainly you'll accept business if it's the right fit for you and for them, you'll accept that. But it's likely that you have some set of folks that you really, really like to work with. And I, I'd actually challenge, well, I'd actually take that a little bit step farther and say, who really excites you? When you think about the clients you've worked with, which ones really get you passionate? Who would you love to work with and not get paid for? Now, you're going to get paid, but who are those people that you would work with even if you weren't getting paid? The ones where you feel like you're making a really big difference. That's a great place to start. And then you can always broaden it from there. But when you think about it, there's enough people and to be served and enough people to serve them that you can really narrow it down and still have, I think, a wide range of people to coach and select from. Absolutely. And and the key is that, that they're people you really like to work with and that really drive you and excite you. The second thing you want to look at is who are the folks that really need what you provide? Um, some Sometimes that's the same people you like to work with, but you may look at that and say, well, what are all the groups of people that really can use what I provide, can benefit from it, can drive themselves forward, can make progress in their life? And then the third thing you want to look at, and this is a lot of people don't think about this piece, but it's who has the money to pay for the services that I provide. Uh, we was, were talking with uh, someone uh, very recently and she said when she first started her company, she um, set out to work with um, single moms of young kids. Well, that's who she really loved to work with. They really excited her. They really could use what she provided. But guess what? Young mothers, young single mothers with small kids didn't have much disposable income. So they, they couldn't really afford to pay for the services she was providing. So even though they, they really excited her and she wanted to work with them, there just really wasn't any business there to be done. So those three things are really important. Who do you like to work with? Who needs your services? And who can afford to pay for them? So I guess the question becomes, you know, how do you find these people? What does it mean uh, to identify your ideal client? And really, I look at two things. 
I look at um, first demographics, and most people are familiar with demographics. It's the physical characteristics. Are they men? Are they women? Are they in a certain age range? Do they have a certain education? Do they live in a certain area? Do you know those kinds of things that you can easily identify? It's sort of the hard data about those people. The second one, and this one uh, a lot of people may not be as familiar with, is something called psychographics. And psychographics are really their attitudes, opinions, aspirations. What do they like to do? Where do they hang out? Uh, what's their behavior like? So this might be if you, the best way to think about this one is: Do they do they like to hang out on um, LinkedIn or do they like to hang out on Facebook? Those are two different sets of people. Do they like um, maybe they like Twitter more than anything else? Those are just different characteristics, different ways that they that they think and they act and different places that they show up. Um, you might think about it as well, you know, are they conservative or are they liberal? Um, again, that's how they think. That's their opinion, their attitudes. And those really affect um, whether they're going to resonate with what it is you offer and whether you're going to enjoy working with them or not. So, you know, now that we know who they are, we want to ask where do they go and how can you meet them? And I think it's really important just to understand that once you're clear with who you want to meet, it's going to be easy to identify where they hang out. And you can even ask people you know, who do you know that fits that particular profile? And it'll really help you narrow down where you're looking for them. So I think you know what we want to really go back and just kind of recap is how do you get started? Well, the, there are a couple steps you can take to really start to identify your ideal client. The first thing I always do is I ask a client to look at their existing clients, the people they work with. Who are they? Which ones are they most uh, successful with? Which ones have they most liked to work with? So look at that, that base of existing clients that you have. Um, next, I you know look around the environment and say you know are there enough of those kinds of people um, to really create a successful business around? So I may have worked with one or two or three of those in the past, and I really love doing it. Well, are there enough of them out there that I could actually build a business around that, or do I have to go with a little bit bigger group? And then finally, uh, and this is really most important, is I, I write it down. You know, write down the characteristics and the attitudes of your ideal client, so that you create a picture in your mind of who this person is. You know, it's it's it, it seems like that's a, an extra step, but it's really not. It's it's really not. There's some neuroscience behind writing things down. As you write down the just the physical act of writing things moves that information from one place in your brain to another place in your brain and it makes it much more tangible for you so that um, it's something that if you write it down you're very clear on it it becomes foremost in your mind and then when you start to go out to networking events or you start to go out to other events all of a sudden you start to see those people everywhere because it's really top of mind you do and also i want to really encourage everyone to be real specific because the more specific you are, the more you can ask the people that you're talking to 
Who do they know that fits that profile? And everyone knows hundreds of people. So the more specific you are, when you're asking, the person can think in their mind, that's Mary, that's John, that's Susan. Otherwise, it's gonna be real generic. And we know so many people that if we can't narrow it down, we're not gonna be able be able to make any connections or any introductions for you. So I want to challenge everyone with this discussion today on identifying your ideal client to go to Facebook on our Turn Knowledge to Profit page under today's episode and share with us who your ideal client is and let us see if we can start making some connections for you. Absolutely. Uh, that's a great recommendation. So just sort of in closing up, you know, it's really important to know who your ideal client is. It will give you lots of focus and sort of the interesting thing about entrepreneurship and building a business is that the more you focus, the more it grows, which seems a little bit counterintuitive, but that's the way it works. If you can focus in on your ideal client, serve them better, you'll find that your business grows tremendously. Great. So right on our Turn Knowledge to Profit page. Let us know who you want to get connected with, who your ideal client is, and let's help each other build and grow our businesses. You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for a future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week. Turn knowledge to profit where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profits.